Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today we have the guys that start with K, Kenny Galladay and Kayvon Thibodeau, two very important pieces of the team. I'm your host, Bob. Just going to here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And Justin, we're going to start with wide receiver Kenny Galladay. This was probably a little more enthusiastic last year coming off of the contract at six foot four, 213 pounds. He's 28 years old now on year two of a four-year $72 million contract and will likely be here for another two years with there being a 14 mil dead cap in 2020, 2023. They'd only saved seven mil. Justin, he had an extremely disappointing season with 37 catches, 521 yards, and zero touchdowns, but still leading the team in yards, but was third in yards per game with 37. We'll break it all down to Kenny Galladay, but I hate using this phrase, it can't be as bad as last year. <laughs> yeah, you do hate using that phrase <laughs> because we've said it for the last two years and it has seemed to always gotten worse, Bobby Skinner. When we signed Kenny Galladay, I think that was the most excited I've been as a Giants fan since 2016. Yeah, I mean, it was a celebration. Like, it was taking advantage of of the rookie, uh, the rookie contract window with Daniel Jones. And I still... Going back now with everything, the way things played out, I wouldn't give that contract. But in the moment, I still don't feel bad for being excited about that contract. No, especially gonna- because you kept Jason Garrett, which the the most... Here we go, dropping an F-bomb in the first two minutes. The most fucked up thing about the Kenny Galladay signing is that that was the signing that made the most sense for Jason Garrett's bad scheme, where it's just, let's just throw this ball up to a guy that can go up and get it. And we they just didn't, didn't do, do that. It. They just did not do that. <laughs> or I feel I actually feel better about Kenny Galladay if used correctly. I feel better about Ke- Kenny Galladay in Jason Garrett's system than I kind of do in Brian Dable's system. Well, I will say so far what we've seen in camp. Uh, I don't want to talk about that too much. We we have seen him used the correct way. So it'll be up to Kenny Galladay uh, and Daniel Jones of how good he will be because yeah. they are using him down the field. Let's go through some just stats, regular stats for Kenny Galladay for his career. Last year in the 14 games, 37 catches, 521 yards, zero touchdowns, a 48.7% catch rate. That's horrible. Yeesh. The year before in five games with the Lions, 20 catches, 338 yards, two touchdowns, 62% catch rate. Good. And then his best year was 2019. We played the full season, 65 catches, 1,200 yards, led the league with 11 touchdowns and a 56% catch rate. So obviously the worst of that year is last year. But I do want to split it of gains with Daniel Jones and gains without him. Uh, in seven games with DJ, full games with DJ, at 23 catches, 372 yards, and 60% catch rate. So not the best, but at a full season, that's 56 catches and 903 yards. That's a lot different than 37 catches and 521 yards. Even yeah. though it's it's when you consider the scheme, too. Like So it's not horrible when you consider the scheme um, that wasn't playing to his strengths, but the no touchdowns is bad no, no matter where you slice it. But also, there wasn't many touchdowns left on the field with Galladay because they didn't use him. Like the there one, was one. Tampa, Tampa. Tampa. Tampa's the one. Or, you know, you can look back at that Eagles game, the first game of Freddie Kitchens, where Jones should have hit a better ball placement on him in the end zone. But they just didn't throw him the ball in the uh, in the end zone. And, and six games without Daniel Jones – 14 catches, 149 yards, and a 36% catch rate. That's a little over two catches a game and like 25 yards per game. That's insanely bad, obviously, with with the QB. So um, I don't think his stats last year, when you look at it, are as, they're not what you would expect. Like he'll never live up to the hype of that contract, but I do think he should be a valuable weapon for no. this year and 
next year, whether it's Daniel Jones plays great and is back or a good weapon for the new QB. Yeah, Bobby, one of the things that we were saying after the New Orleans game, and I was even saying it after the Atlanta game too, I didn't think Kenny Galladay was that bad. We were waiting for that one big breakout play or that one big breakout game because his longest catch per game up until after the New Orleans game was Denver 17, Washington 16, Atlanta 19, New Orleans 28, where that 28-yard catch is where he broke a couple tackles and he ran over somebody. It was towards either the fourth quarter or in overtime he did that. Um, and that was really, really cool, really, really exciting. So we were that connection was not bad. He was having career the, the first five games of the first his four catch games, rate was insane. It, it was, was really it good. It was like career bests in, in a good amount of uh, statistical categories. You just didn't have the touchdowns and like you said, and you the twenty plus yard plays. Yeah, you didn't have the twenty plus yard plays. So it was having like some good numbers. Just it wasn't in the typical Kenny Galladay fashion yeah. that we had come to know. Uh, you know, so like it, it wasn't a like it's a train wreck towards the end of the year, and the, and the zero touchdowns is the glaring thing. If he has three touchdowns, it's not as glaring as bad season, but it was a bad season. Overall, um, so do you want to talk? Let's just talk about him as a player, just who he is. Can I can I read you his longest catch per game for every game of the year? Let's go for it. So I already did New Orleans twenty eight. That was week four. Las Vegas fourteen. Tampa Bay twelve. Philly there was two eighteen yard catches. Miami twenty. So now we're finally at the phase where Daniel Jones is out. Miami twenty yards. Los Angeles ten yards. Dallas thirty six. His longest catch Jake of the Farm. year. Came against came with Jake Fromm as quarterback in the fourth quarter in garbage time. Um, his first contested catch opportunity. Um, and also, that's his only catch of twenty plus yards down the field when a ball traveled twenty air yards yeah. down the field. So he was one he was one for fourteen last year, and that thirty six yarder from Jake Fromm. Philadelphia eleven, the second Philly matchup, and then the last game of the season, he caught a nine yard pass that was his longest catch of that game. So and- that, Only one catch of twenty plus yards with Daniel Jones, and that's what so was so frustrating. That's who Kenny Galladay was. Yeah, and with Daniel Jones in seven games, he had two targets of the likes, two, or at least with Jason two Garrett, good ones. Like I, you know, the, like you know, no, PFF, not even two good ones because one was, was one okay. w- one was Denver and at like a fourth and fifteen at like the twenty five yard line at, at at the end of the game, and Daniel Jones threw it up into the end zone because it's fourth and 15. The other one was Washington where Jones just put a little too much on, on it. Mm-hmm. Those were the only two that he got with Daniel Jones under Jason Garrett. The only two that he got with Jason Garrett were, were those two. And that's what he was. So it, and I don't want to harp on Garrett's system, but it was just, they shaded the safety over, played the corner a little off. And because it was such a pre-snap based offense, they scared, it scared them away from doing what Kenny Galladay does. Yeah. Yeah. All right, talk to me about him as a player, wherever you want to get into it. Well, overall, he doesn't get separation. That's something we knew when the Giants signed him. I have uh, numbers on that. Except on in-breaking in routes is when he's his best. Mm-hmm. Uh, outbreakers, he has really struggles. But uh, but regardless, he needs to be used downfield in those contested situations. Like That's when he's his best, contorting to the ball, going up and getting it, making tough catches. And again, it, now now this goes into, with this new offense, now you got to include Daniel Jones into this conversation. Because guess what? The old scheme's gone, the new scheme's here. It has to be beaten into Daniel Jones' head that if you get single coverage, you got to throw it to him regardless if he has a step or separation or not because he's not going to be like he's not going to get that Darius Slayton beat the guy off press. He's got the step and he stack him type guy. That's when you know Jones has liked to go to Slayton deep on those things. He's not going to do that. He's not going to be able to get that separation and stack no, guys. He never has. So you just have to have the mindset of you got single coverage. The safety's not flying over the top. 
and you got to take that. You got to throw back shoulders and contested catches. Like you got to do that with Kenny Galladay. That has to be beaten in the Daniel Jones head to get the most out of Kenny Galladay. Yeah, twenty twenty one on targets. Uh, Kenny Galladay had one point seven yards of separation on average. That was tied for the worst in the NFL. Twenty nineteen, um, when that was his career best year. It was the worst in the NFL at 1.9 yards. That's so it's kind of insane that he had the worst in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and even Darius Darius Slayton's 2019 too. You compare Darius Slayton's 2019 to Kenny Galladay's 2019. I don't want to say oh they're similar statistically. Maybe they maybe they are. I can't remember that on the top of my head. But they were similar in that one category of not creating separation. And then 2018, uh, that was Kenny Galladay's best season in terms of separating from corners. 2.3. That's still one of the worst in the NFL. Um, but I actually want to talk about Kenny Galladay's 2018 and how I think it can it can kind of relate to what we can maybe expect from him in 2021. Yeah, and I and here's the thing that you're so you're going back to 2018 that yeah. reminds me of something with him that was like, oh, Matthew Stafford made this guy. No, look at 2019. Stafford was hurt. David yeah. Blau was hitting him for deep touchdowns. Yeah. You know, like it like is Daniel Jones better than David Blau? I, I sure would hope so. So it's 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 he wasn't like this Matthew Stafford creation, you know. Um, and also Matthew Stafford because of one of Super Bowl has been a little overhyped, but you know, and Stafford definitely helped. He does make some of the tough throws, those tight window throws. Um, but there was times where Stafford missed Galladay, so he wasn't yeah. like this, you know, this Matthew Stafford creation. Like he he is has been a good player yeah. in his career, and something that really was different from his 2018 to 2019 from his 2021 as well. I think it's the yards after the catch. Now, I don't think Kenny Galladay is this yards after the catch monster, you know, like we're expecting maybe a Wando Robinson to be or Kadarius Toney to be, but 4.9 yards after the catch per reception in 2019. 2018, 5.4 yards after the catch per reception. That's pretty That's pretty solid for a guy that has a large average depth of target and you're getting five yards after the catch per reception with the Detroit Lions. Last year in Jason Garrett's offense in 2021, it was 3.2 yards after the catch per reception. I think, you know, especially when you put it at it, if he has 37 catches, Bobby, last year, right? And you're talking about the difference between almost two yards per catch that is less in a given in a given year. That's significant. That's significant. That's a lot of yards that are left on the table. So I want to see what's going to happen now. He's not going to create that separation. So how is he going to create that yards after the catch, and why was it so different in the Lions system versus the Giants system last year? That that part of it, I I don't know, but I, mean, I want to see physical, what he has to do this year. He's a physical too, dude. There is plays you remember of Galladay where Atlanta, New Atlanta, Orleans, where you know? it's like you know he catches the ball, blanketed, breaks that tackle, will you know make a you know not necessarily make a guy, but like run through some bad tackling attempts. Yeah. Like so he's you know he's not simply just a contested catch guy, but that is what he is. Uh, you know that's what he's known for, and rightfully yeah. so. So. So uh, it's going to be an interesting year for Galladay because he ha- – I mean, he, like I said at the top, I just don't think he could have his worst of year. Like, we're going to see a Kenny Galladay touchdown this year. We have to. <laughs> uh, I would love for it to get – just get it out of the way week one um, because it's just – it's kind of comical to look back at the way that signing happened and the guy just never had a touchdown. So Yeah. You know what's crazy? You look at Kenny Galladay's deep ball numbers from 2019, his, his performance of 20-plus yards – it was basically the same as Daniel Jones's deep ball numbers from 2020. So Daniel Jones went 20 for 43, 652 yards with six touchdowns, one throws of 20 plus yards down the field in 2020. Kenny Galladay's 2019 from 20 plus yards, 16 for 36, so four less complete, four less com- oh, catches slash completions, 628 yards, five touchdowns. I mean that's basically the same. So yeah. it's crazy that we thought that this was a match made in heaven. It you're right. It, it does it does have to. 
get better this year. But where I think Kenny Galladay may live a little bit more than the 20-plus yard area, his 2018, he made most of his money in the intermediate range from that 10 to 19-yard range. And we saw Kenny Galladay's best play with Daniel Jones last year was the mini post. And we saw him run a little bit in camp so far this year too. The mini post, mini post, mini post. I mean, that's where the majority of his, you know, his Kenny Galladay's big plays against Denver, that 17-yarder was a mini post. Washington, 16. Atlanta, 19. Maybe even the New those Orleans. Eagles games, those two big yeah. catches, 18-yard catches were both those skinny posts. So. Those both mini posts. So I think, like, yeah, I would love if Kenny Galladay had those 20-plus yard plays and he has contested catch situations. But in 2018, that's where he made his money and his average depth of target was less than what 2019 was. In this Dable Kafka system, that's where I can easily see Kenny Galladay, you know, not having a fantastic year, but having a solid year in that 10 to 19 yard range. Right on. Also where he should live is Bear Burger. Oh, where he should live is Bear Burger. Bear Burger, they got something for Kenny Galladay. They do, you know, because he works so hard in practice. We've seen it. He stretches so much. He runs. He tries his hardest. I'm being sarcastic. And Kenny Galladay, after practice, he likes to go to Bear Burger. What I had recently when we went, and I forgot to talk about this, I'm a big cauliflower guy. So ever since I uh, I, I lost um, I, I lost weight this year, I've like things that just in cauliflower form I love. So I got like uh, you know like fried cauliflower, like kind of like in general Sal's barbecue form. It was fantastic at Bear Burger. So yeah, I definitely really recommend that. It's, it's it's a it's listed as a side. They're a burger joint. They're not the type to be bogged down by the le- by the labels. Menu is filled with options for everyone, regardless of dietary preferences. Whether you're 100 vegan. Or you think Kenny Galladay isn't going to catch a touchdown this year? Bear Burger won't judge. There's only one dietary restriction. You'll be limited to food that is made to taste great. You know they have the best happy hour in New York City. 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday. They have some cool little deals. Two Nashville sliders, six PBRs, and martini, all for under $20. From 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday. Click the link in our description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, Burger Joint and Luncheon, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Thanks for sponsoring these PPPs. All right, Justin, let's talk about the first ever draft pick of the Joe Shane era. Kayvon Thibodeau, edge out of Oregon. First round, pick five. Six foot four, 254 pounds, 33 and an eighth in his arms, ran a four five eight forty. 40. The last year at Oregon in 10 games, you have seven sacks, 12 tackles for a loss, 49 tackles. Was the top-rated prospect out of high school. Justin it feels like the closer we're getting to the season, my expectations are like higher, are getting higher and higher for Kayvon mm-hmm. Thibodeau. I'm I'm genuinely excited to see Kayvon Thibodeau this year. I cannot wait for every Kayvon Thibodeau play. I can't wait to clip it. I can't wait to break da- break it down. I can't wait to talk about it. I'm just excited for Kayvon Thibodeau. The Giants were 30th in the league last year in pressure rate. They were 29th in QB hits, and Patrick Graham and Joe Judge wanted to take a lot more of an aggressive approach to the defense last year. And the biggest mistake that Joe Judge and Patrick Graham made on the defensive side of the ball was misevaluating the edge room, just misevaluating what you have. Kayvon Thibodeau and getting a superstar-like player in here changes everything about what, how we view the edge rusher room and I think how we view the defense for what is hopefully the next five to ten years. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for this guy, and the thing that stands out the most with him is his get-off. Like, he's got great get-off that consistently opens offensive tackles' hips and yeah. tests offensive tackles. Every play is going to be a test. Um, other things, like, I think he uses it as violently, but could they could use more pop. 
you know, and obviously there's things he needs to work on. Like his hands are constantly working and countering. And I think that's going, I think that's the thing that he's going to become elite in the NFL that's not elite right now is I think he's just going to get a better feel for that because sometimes it looks like he might be thinking, you know, when the offensive tackle closes the space on him and he doesn't have that momentum or he's not bending the edge. I think that's the thing that he's going to have to work on uh, along with his footwork within that. And, like, I think that's what's going to help him become elite in the NFL because all the other things that you can't teach, like, he has. Like, he's got good ability to dip and bend the edge, you know, uh, when he works outside in, a lot of guys can be outside in speed wise. He is, but he he uses power. Like he he yeah. he has that power. He takes that in that hand uh, that arm and rips through the inside shoulder of offense alignment. You know, and he's a powerful hitter, which matters. How how hard you hit the quarterback is actually something that matters. It changes the way a QB thinks. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just changes. Like that is something that matters with Kayvon Thibodeau. Man, I'm I am. Uh, I'm very excited for him as a pass rusher and obviously in the run game too. But as a pass rusher, I'm just excited for this guy to play because I think uh, I think he's going to have a good rookie season. And I think by year three, man, we might just have ourselves a guy in the league. And yeah. these pass – and you need – like to be consistent on defense, that's one thing you need. It's just you need a guy as a pass rusher that QBs, that offensive lineman, that's offensive coordinators have to account for. And that's something the Giants have not had. I was rewatching your your breakdown today and – I was just amazed at how low he fires off the ball. Yeah. You know, low, low, the, you know, the saying is lower man wins, lower man wins in the NFL. He fires off just tremendously low, um, and he seems like he's flexible. You mentioned you mentioned the bend as well, so I'm excited. I am excited for him day one. I kind of I'm, – I'm with you where I wanted to – hone in my my expectations i wanted to rein it in a little bit but you know we're gonna you know we're gonna see what's gonna happen throughout the preseason and stuff like that and i'm i'm very excited for him he had 11 qb hits 16th in the nation this past year 48 pressures 35 percent of his pressures came from the 2.1 to 2.5 second range that was fourth in the draft class behind aiden hutchinson arnold db katie and boy mafe and 33 percent of his pressures came from the 2.6 to three second range which i like looking at that you know, hey, you know, that 2.1 to 3 second range, that tells me that it's not too manufactured and it's kind of your own individual performance that's getting back there in the quarterback while also not being considered like a coverage sack. Yeah, and that and that's, you know, those are the things that he produced at, uh, I almost said USC because I was thinking about him going against Elijah, Elijah Vera Tucker yeah. but at, at Oregon. You know, like Elijah Vera Tucker may have well have been viewed as a tackle because he played tackles last year at USC, but Kayvon was like, you know, I don't think Vera Tucker was as bad in that game as people make him out to be. But Kayvon tested him, and there was a, and there was enough, there was those reps that it's like, man, he just beat him off the ball and opened those hips, and that's why this guy's probably going to, you know, fit in that guard in the NFL. Um, and again, it all starts, like you said, with that low, fast get off. Like yeah. that, for those first two steps are the things you cannot teach, but what you can teach: get your footwork better when the offensive tackle closes in on you. Work your hands better. Know what move to work at, at each time. Play that chess game, that chess match, which I do think he does. I think he does play that chess match with the offensive tackle countering. You know, like okay, this this rep's going to be a little different than the last rep. You're not going to see this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work outside in. Or hey, I see you on your heels. You're getting back. You're worried about my first step. I'm going to bull rush right through your ass. Um, so I do think he he does all that, and he seems about his business. And I think he'll get better. Um, at that, do you want to talk about him in the run game, or you got anything else on the pass rush? No, I, I was listening to the assistant coaches. Um, they, you know, they had press conferences inside the. Yeah, they had the twenty-five Kayvon Thibodeau questions. <laughs> yeah, 
And one of the things that the outside linebackers coach was talking about was just how dedicated he is already to studying tackles and studying their tendencies and how to take advantage and how to, you know, get the best, you know, out of whatever weaknesses the tackle that he's facing is going up, you know. Yeah. That was said badly. Which is, I mean. which, but yeah, but that's, but that's <laughs> like, that's what the great ones do. And, and so I'm, and I'm he's glad, already doing it. Glad he's doing that. So in the run game. I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Like, I think he struggles to disengage if he doesn't win the rep immediately in the wrong game. And that's something, hey, in the NFL, man, you're not going to, you're not going to beat these guys right off the ball every time in the run game. Like, you got to be able to use your hands, disengage. Um, and I also think that goes, uh, hand in hand with something I think he struggled with. On play side runs, he needs to use his eyes better. A lot of times he'll get into a wrestling match and just basically turn into a one on one with a tackle and he's not keeping his eyes on the ball. So there's a time where say you know say he's in this in the C gap and the running back is going to go in the B gap, he'll just be stuck trying to beat the tackle instead of just like hey on this rep what you need to do is jack this tackle up drive your feet and, and squeeze this gap down. That's what you need to do. Or if you're able to disengage, disengage at that you know that you know last quarter of a second so you can close that gap and make a run stop right there. So I think those are some things to do. But that's not like. You know, ability-wise, I think that's just you know, you know, getting your football IQ a little better. Um, and then on the backside, I think he squeezes the gap down really well in those backside runs, yeah. so he he stays disciplined on the backside. Yeah. Want to get to a little bit of projection to finish this off? Yeah, like, I feel wh- like where do we where do we see him? When we did over unders, I was like under seven and a half. You know, went and looked at past rookies and stuff, and maybe I sh- I shouldn't get too excited, but I'm. I, I think he might Changing win rookie of the year. I think oh. he might win rookie. You know, like, like defensive rookie of the year, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, you know, who who else is in the run? Aiden Hutchinson won the line. You know, maybe you know Devin Lloyd in Jacksonville if he can make enough noise. If you know if he could get a few interceptions to put on his stuff. Like like, I think he's got a good as shot as anybody to win defensive rookie of the year because that first step. Like think about Aziz Ojolari's production last year and how much more we like Kayvon Thibodeau than Aziz Ojolari. Yeah. You know, like that first, even if he's not as consistently great as he's going to be one day, that first step, that pass rush ability, the moves that he has, is going to get him into numbers. Even if it's not a down in, down out basis with Kayvon Thibodeau. So, I, the 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 closer we get to the season, the more I'm excited I'm getting for Kayvon, and my expectations are going higher and higher. Maybe that's the fan in me, but it's just the way I feel right now. Yeah, you're doing you're doing a good job of trying to make me change my mind off of my under. I still I still want to go under for seven and a half, but real I will be more encouraged if Kayvon Thibodeau has a six and a half sack season with. 20 QB hits than an eight sack season with 13 QB hits. Say that again. I would be more encouraged from Kayvon Thibodeau's rookie year if he had a six, six and a half sack season with 20 QB hits than an eight sack season with like 12 or 13 QB hits. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But, you, you know, know, it's and then in long sacks term. Are, you know, sacks are flashy. And yeah, eight is a lot better than six or six and a half. And, you know, I know you're, you know, we're probably doesn't make that big of a difference at the end of the day. But the QB hits will, will, will make that difference. I mean, I, I kind of just like Chase Young's rookie year, everybody. And Google Gaga well, over it. Well, over last it. year, Micah Parsons. I was going to say Micah Parsons won Rookie of the Year last year, and yeah. unanimously, like, like I don't think anyone in this class is going to do what that did. But no. twenty twenty, 
Fourth place was Antoine Winfield Jr. I think we can expect a better year of that. Patrick Queen, who wasn't even good, somehow got third place. Jeremy Chen, who was good, got second place, but he's a safety, so that puts you at a little disadvantage. And then Chase Young won it, maybe a little bit on hype, but, you know, like you said, he had seven, seven and a half, half sacks, sacks 12 10 QB tackles hits. for loss, 12 QB hits. I'm like... Did have four four fumbles. That is an Aziz Ojolari rookie year that Chase Young had. And, and, we're, and we're saying how we want to see more growth out of... Aziz Ojolari, yeah, from the consistency element. Right, so, so Kayvon should be better than that. Yeah, I I agree. So Maybe not sack wise, but pressure wise. All right, that's a player profile and projection. Check out. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow for a regular episode. Other player profiles and projections. Can't say camp live streams anymore. They're over. Missed those. Mm, um, tough. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>